Well, we are live. We're back at it again. Here we are. Yes, yes. Who have we got here? Who have we got here? We got the co-host, Mr. Jaime Vithen. Hello. We got big ciders on the show today, creator extraordinaire. <laughs> What's happening? What's up, man? How you doing? How you breathing? How you living, man? I'm living good. God is good. God is good. Um, yeah, blessed to be in Monterey County. Just love it out here. <laughs> For real, man. So where are you originally from? Uh, I'm from Los Angeles. Um, went to school in South Central on the corner of Crenshaw and Slauson, right across the street from Nipsey Hussle's Marathon Store. Um, oh, and yeah, and actually, as a matter of fact, uh, I went to school with uh, his young sister, uh, Samantha. And uh, That's cool. this was like 2007. So, yeah, she was like, like running around saying like yo like look out for Nipsey and all all the things that he's doing and whatnot. Uh and I believe she recognized the talent. Yeah, yeah. Um and this is like around the time when I mean I don't know like how much y'all are into like rap and hip hop. But not that um, much. I don't I'm learning. We're learning as we're going. But. <laughs> <laughs> The, this was around the time um, this rapper named The Game, he's from Compton, um, he just dropped his third album, um, LAX, and Nipsey was on tour with um, with The Game for that. And also Kendrick Lamar was on that tour, J-Rock was on that tour, and I think, I think Schoolboy Q wasn't in the scene yet. I think Absol was there, but yeah, and the Black Hippie Crew. Yeah, Schoolboy Q came in like like a, I think twenty ten, like he came in like yeah, a little. He came in a little later. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, Los Angeles. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! Uh, how how has the pandemic been like in LA, man? How's it, how's life been like uh, since the shutdown? The pandemic in LA, well, for me, like, I'm an introvert, so I never really leave the house anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> the only time I really leave the house is, um, shit, like, like to record music, really. Um, record music, do performances. Other than that, I try to stay out because, like, I mean, stay inside because, like, Right now, the streets is hot. Like, a kid got shot over 20 times, uh, like, a couple months ago. Uh, his uh, family is close with my mom, and that's how I found out. Uh, he was just sitting in the car in broad daylight in yeah. Inglewood. And, um, that's wild. Yeah, it, it gets crazy down there. Um, always got to watch where you at, who you with, what colors you wear. Um, don't look at anyone in the eye. Just go about your yeah, business. Los Angeles is, yeah, Los Angeles is a crazy ass place. <laughs> For real, man. Uh, yeah, I had some of the same things growing up, uh, or same advice, like, hey, you know, watch your tongue around some people, you know. Mm. Uh, don't, yeah, don't look anyone in the eye. That one, that one was a big yeah, one. Yeah, I think, you know, while Salinas um, had like a rep, well, I don't know if it still has the same reputation, but when we were kids, that had mm. similar to what you're saying, you know, 
lots of shootings. Uh, you, you know, our schools taught us, like, you can't wear this color or this color because there are gangs or, you know, guys that hang around here in this parts and you don't want to be associated and this and that. And that kind of mm-hmm. stuff was like, our, I mean, for me, I don't know for, for you, Anthony, but like our teachers were always looking out for like, you know, you're wearing red shoes, you're wearing a solid red shirt, blue shirt. No, I remember that. on Valentine's Day in middle school, I wore a red shirt mm-hmm. and my teacher lost her shit. Really? It was like I it was, it was like I went shirtless or something like. Mm-hmm. It was like the worst thing I could have done. I got sent to the principal's office. The principal yelled at me. Really? Because she said I should know better. She said I should know better than to wear a red shirt during Valentine's Day. Where, mind you, it was like a free, like you didn't have to wear a uniform that day. Mm. Um, Wait, what school y'all go to? uh, I went to Washington Middle School uh, here in Salinas. Damn. Yeah, man. They were like serious about this. I don't know. I don't think it's like that. Yeah, too too much now, but maybe I'm just not seeing it. Yeah, no, I remember in like 2014, uh-huh. like or 2015, the city had broken its record for homicides in a year. Really, 2015. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, man. So you know, yeah. if you're if you're coming out here or staying in Monterey Marina, like you're, you're chill right there. I mean, yeah, go to come to Salinas too, like hang out, but <laughs> you know, there's a beautiful art scene down here. <laughs> Oh no! It's I growing. got I got love for Salinas. Um, the Stein the Steinbeck Center. I got some friends out there too. The, the Northridge Mall, like, uh, like hey, I North hang. Yeah, I hang out at a few spots in uh, in Salinas with some folks. So mm-hmm. yeah, shout out to Salinas. Yeah, it's growing. And absolutely, and it's a beautiful <laughs> place. And yeah, go to Salinas more. Awesome. Um, absolutely. And I could resonate with y'all was saying about the schools though, cause like literally, if you go to my school, uh, it was View Park Prep High School. We're down the street from Crenshaw High School as well. Our school looks like a damn prison, like mm. like no joke. Um, metal detectors or what? The full thing. They don't have metal detectors, but they got armed security guards mm. just walking around and shit. Fuck? And yeah, we can't wear. Uh, certain colors on like free dress we had to wear uniforms mm. uh we couldn't go to the louisiana fried chicken that's literally on the corner Damn. it's it's like the fuck? it's literally next door to the school like just a few steps away and we would get punished for like going there after school after school what yeah and i even remember one time like I went there after school, came back with like a two piece fries and like a roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was eighth grade. Uh one of my teachers caught me and she was like, Oh, what you got? Oh, you got you got a breast? And she took the breast, she, ate it, and said, I'm gonna take no. you to the principal's office. I was like, No, really? <laughs> really? You just ate Bruh. my fucking chicken and did take me to the <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what the heck? I hated her. <laughs> yep. That's just foul. Oh, yeah. That's fucked. That's messed up, man. Oh, man. Well, speaking of eating someone else's chicken, let's start the show. Cue the intro music. 
Oh, welcome to the first and the fifteenth. Another installment. Here we go. Episode. What is it? We on forty eight now? That sounds right. It's forty eight. Episode forty eight. I am joined here by my co-host, uh, coming in from a remote, undisclosed location, Mister Jaime Virgen. What's up? It's good to be back. Episode forty eight on the road to fifty. That's right. Let's go. <laughs> I love that, man. We have a big guest alert here on the show today. I'm talking big, Mr. Siders. What are you doing, man? How you uh, creator. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? Yeah, it's Siders, a.k.a. Loverboy James, a.k.a. Bushwick Billy, a.k.a. Black Ryan Gosling, <laughs> a.k.a. Pastel Perk, a.k.a. the Tell motherfucking em. creator. <laughs> like but those, those aliases are real, though. Those are some real aliases. I love that, man. I love having a lot of aliases. Um, I've tried to collect as many as I, I've I've could throughout my uh, my time on this earth. Um, but let's talk about you, man. Let's talk about your background in education. Um, you, uh, as you said earlier, you grew up in L.A., South Central. Mm. Um, how was it like, how do you think that uh, kind of molded you growing up as an artist? Well, I mean... I've seen a lot of shit and I experienced a lot of different shit that people don't know exists. And it is really kind of shocking to me, too. Like when I talk about like colorism to folks, because I experienced a lot of colorism at my school, my high school. And it's a black high school. It's ninety nine point eight percent black. And uh, and with that. I also learned like a lot about like street smarts and like how much you really like need to pay attention that again where you at where you going for example there's uh on the corner of Crenshaw Slauson um near View Park my high school uh there's a gas station, the Arco gas station, the infamous Arco gas stations. You from Los Angeles, you know, the, you know to stay the fuck away from that Arco. <laughs> um, and actually, uh, if you listen to rap and hip hop, um, uh, there's this rapper named Buddy who even mentions Arco. So like, it, it's it's a staple <laughs> mm. uh, for all the wrong reasons. But, um, but one time. I was uh, going to the Burger King that's next to the Arco, and uh, <laughs> and I wasn't paying attention, and I was by myself, and um, some dudes came out of the Burger King smoking weed and like blew the weed in my face, and it was like a challenge, like, what you trying to do? And I was mm. like, you know what, man, like, trying to get that whopper. Going, bro? Yeah, <laughs> this was in the morning. No, this was in the morning. Damn, this was in. The Ain't even morning. had breakfast yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm hungry, a motherfucker, man. I just, I just want a croissant. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so like, in as a kid, I, I was very temperamental. Uh, so mm. like having that street smart, really like. It, it calms you down and it makes you think because one false move you can be dead and yeah so yeah and like I have family that's gang members and and so they they taught me a lot about things and even as a kid surviving my first job by at like 12 years old 
you know. Fuck. So like, yeah, I, I, yeah. Education wise, like going to school in, in South Central, I learned. I just learned a lot that valu- valuable information that a lot of folks wouldn't know about. Feel like you pick certain things up that like people that coming from like maybe a different background or a different lifestyle they just don't see um but i also think that 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 perspective is important because like there there's something to be said about being able to walk into a room and instantly know okay is there a threat in there mm-hmm. and and i actually have another story um when i was 12 years old uh i was walking home because i used to take kickboxing and uh, I was walking home and I didn't, I wasn't really privy to like the streets march just yet. I was introduced to it, but like, I thought I was cool because I was wearing like neutral colors. Well, at least what I okay. thought was neutral colors. It was just black and white, yeah. everything like that's yeah. And, um, and I'm like, man, I'm a, I'm a little ass kid. Like, yeah. I ain't gonna really like mess with me. So I'm walking home. And three gang members like walk up to me, and they was like, "Where are you from?" I'm like, "Shit." Um, and I just said my birthplace. I just said, "Oh, I Harbor City." Little did they know they had beef with people from Harbor City. <laughs> and, oh, I'm like, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" And he was like, "All right, run your shit." I'm like, "Fuck." So, um, I was I was shitting my pants and. Uh, one guy's in front of me. Two guys are behind me. The guy in front of me is acting like he has a gun in his pants, and I'm like, "Yeah, like just take everything." I, yeah, get, don't need that action. Yeah, and the fucked up thing about it too. Shortly after, um, yeah, shortly after they robbed me, they was like, "All right, no police." Walked away, went to a nearby liquor store came out of the liquor store and um i called my parents they called the police police got there and they never found these people they never found them yeah. i don't even think they really even looked looked, looked. Yeah. like because we didn't get honestly. no we didn't get no updates or none of that shit and that really scarred me that really scarred me like i I started to stay inside a lot more. I didn't. Yeah, I, I would just. I got a lot more paranoid. You said you were twelve when this happened. Yeah, I was twelve. Damn, I I would not handle that well at twelve years old. I'd probably yeah that that would fuck me up too. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Same. I would stay inside. Like twelve year old me would probably like piss his pants and like you know start crying. Yeah, I was crying. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was definitely crying. Like, and I, I had my up, man. Yeah, I had my iPod too, and the money that they mm. they jacked the iPod and they jacked the money. The money I only had like twenty bucks, and um, for, for some reason they didn't take my phone, but hmm. but I don't know, but. I mean, yeah, so So yeah, education wise like um just learned a lot of stuff um A like yeah, street smarts and just being a black man again uh with the colorism and whatnot 
because like I would come out here like you know as an adult and I say like hey yeah I experienced these things like uh, a lot of folks didn't really fuck with me because I'm dark I'm I'm a I'm a darker tone and they're like what's that like what what is colorism I'm like you never heard of this shit and it's it's insane it's insane it is it, it really is um were there any uh, early influences that you had growing up influences um not really i was a nerd <laughs> I mean, not, not. I mean, not, I mean, not to say that nerds don't have influences or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But like, I played a lot of video games. Like, I was a Nintendo kid. Like, my That's favorites right. was like Paper Mario, Legend of Zelda. Um, dude, that Wind Waker, that Wind Waker though. Wind Waker is underrated. It is. Wind- it really is, man. That game. That game smacks. That my favorites was Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess, both of those. Yeah, Ocarina of Time is like a top three video game all time. Like that that game. Top three. I'm interested in hearing your your other two. The other two. Uh, I put Mario sixty four. <laughs> okay. And then uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare two. Hmm. Modern Warfare two. Yeah, one yeah. two of them revolutionized video <laughs> games. One of them is the best selling video game of all time. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean Yeah, I used to be one of those guys that would Yeah, I mean I used to be one of those guys that spent like eight hours after school just running through matches on Call of Duty. Um super unhealthy. Uh really regressed me in terms of like social um just like being talking to other humans face to face was kind of difficult after that. <laughs> but yeah, um, is there anything that, like, with everything that you know now, you would go back and maybe do differently? Oh, man, man, listen, <laughs> uh, a ton of shit. Um, and that's the weird thing, though, because like how would things would like how different things would look if if I were to go back and change everything or things that that bother me a for example um in college I fell into feminism allyship uh, as an activist okay uh by joining the mending monologues which is um which is described as like the younger brother to vagina monologues which uh, talks about Is it like the male counter counterpart. Yeah, but it's inclusive to all genders. So okay, uh, versus vagina monologues, which is more geared towards women or yeah, yeah, individuals that uh, identify as women. Uh, identify. Yeah. So um, and yeah, I I joined that my freshman year of college, and I got hooked to it because um the hyper masculinity concept. Uh, I seen that so much in Los Angeles, uh, with with gang violence, like, and, and whatnot. So I really felt that if I could take these concepts home and teach the homies, like, yo, this is, you know, we gotta like, be better with this. This is uh, the way the world is moving towards, you know. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah. Anyways. Uh, the the second year I was asked to di- direct the show, 
And I knew I wasn't emotionally and mentally stable to do it because my father got colon cancer at the time. I lost a cousin. Um, my second day of school, uh, an old friend died uh, in a car accident. And Jesus. his daughter was in the car with him. I never got a chance to make amends with him because I was I was an asshole towards him towards the end of our friendship, and I was just tore up about everything. And um, even my my older brother, rest in peace. He he passed away last year. Um, we wasn't we wasn't on speaking terms. So it was just this really dark cloud and I really felt that like death was following me. Like I would turn around, and I would see some this image walking across campus and I'm like, yo, I'm I'm being followed. And so I knew I wasn't mentally emotionally stable to really take on such a really heavy task such as directing. Um but I did it anyway. And a result of that was people really like checking for what what I'm about to do next or um, what I had to say on the subject. And if I didn't uh, direct the meaning monologues, how would yeah, how would life would be so different? Life would be completely different. And that's one wow. thing that I think That's one thing I always say to myself Sometimes I wish I could change And didn't do the show But I know life would be Completely different I probably wouldn't even be speaking to you right now I probably wouldn't be in Monterey right now Because mm-hmm. through that's that wild. show I was. That's how I got so connected To the community so. It really It really does that dude Like uh like just performances that are super intimate and like honest about real topics, they have that effect where it like people can relate to it. So it like connects them in a way that like you don't really think about when you think about like humans in like large groups, like you see it at concerts a lot, but like when you see it in such an intimate setting like that, I think it's even like more profound. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, definitely. And, like the the impact of mending and vagina monologues on campus at that point, like everybody rushed to see it. Like nights were sold out for both shows. Um, wow. It started like so many different conversations surrounding rape culture, patriarchy, uh, male privilege, and and whatnot. Um, so so as like a, as a budding activist at the time, how yeah. how did that feel for you, knowing that the source material you guys were using was enough to sell out every night? I mean, it felt great. I mean, like you know, the money or like you know selling out didn't like it didn't mean nothing to us. The main point was like to just start these conversations, because you know. A lot, a lot of folks don't know a lot of these concepts, and shit, me included at that time, like, I didn't know a damn thing about rape culture or patriarchy, and even now, as a man, I don't, I, I will never understand the extent of how these things affect women, and, you know what I'm saying, like, 
Yeah, we it, it it's just so important to start these conversations. For real. Um let's keep it moving though. Uh let's touch on the transition that because you you started with uh, spoken word poetry, right? Yeah. Uh and then you transitioned into making music. Um, a common issue for people who write poetry moving into music is learning how to make a song. Um, how is that process for you, um, specifically? That's, okay. <laughs> that was pretty difficult for me, um, because I started writing in 20, no, yeah, 2009, December 2009. Okay. I started, uh, doing poetry, and then in 2018, 18 when I moved back home from Monterey I was living in the community and I was homeless for a bit I was kind of struggling uh I moved back home my uh friends was like you know what you you starting life over why don't you try something different like start rapping and I'm like Man, I don't know how to fucking rap like that. Like, I mean, y'all. Because <laughs> these, these cats, man, they flow like... They ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah. Um, Some other world shit right there. So, um, yeah, I started rapping on this song called N64. Um, it's actually out right now on, like, Spotify and wherever you stream music. Um for my group Shadows of Society. Um yeah Shout that, out. Shadows of Society. Shout Squad. Um but yeah, that verse was like the first verse I, I ever like written and you I think you could hear the confidence in my voice that it wasn't so confident. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cause like the producer's chair was where is where I felt most comfortable, but as time went on I could I feel like I could definitely flow I think my pen game is strong in but uh flow wise I could always improve better did that just uh come with time you think and like practice yeah yeah everything everything comes with time and practice I feel that everybody has the potential to do anything that they want like even somebody that's like Yo, like, I wish I could write poetry. No, you can write poetry. You just got to, like, sit down and, like, commit to it. Everyone has Yeah, to- that's a firm belief I have. Anyone out there can be a poet. All you have to do is sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and just give it some time. Yeah, and as my uh, writing mentor, Mike the Poet, always tells me, like, poetry is all about being genuine. And so if you write something that's genuine and that connects the hearts and connects the spirits... You done your job. No matter how like if it rhymes or not or whatnot, that doesn't that shit doesn't matter. It the only thing that really matters is when you connect to folks. Facts. That's mad factual. Um, what is some advice that you would give to someone working on their first song? Take your time. Figure out a okay. flow. Like figure out a pocket. Um, be you on like what you want to talk about. For example, in '64, I talked about video games. Star Fox '64, nah, nah, '64, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. yeah, yeah. I was just, I was just having fun. Like that's another thing. Have fun, have fun. Um, uh, 
don't don't take it too too seriously. Uh, give me one moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, don't worry, man. Room service. That was room service. That was room service. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> cool. We might actually keep that in. Shout out to the room service. Shout out. Hey, hey, yo. Shout, shout out. Th- wait, should I even say the the, the hotel name? Or? Uh, it's up to you. I don't know how long. I don't know. You might have some. Yeah. Maybe like. You said what? Yeah, I don't know. It's on you, man, because it depends, I guess, how long you're staying there. If you know people in the area, if they're going to come swarming or not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, like, oh, party at Cider's hotel room? Hell yeah. yeah. He's like, number uh, 647. I'm on the actual, I'm actually on the fifth floor. I'm on the west side of um the ocean. <laughs> Shit, nah. Uh, after I... <laughs> After I caught fucking COVID in September, nope, nope. Fuck. Nope. Oh man, you caught it? Yeah, I almost died from it. Like, shit. That's that's not a that's not an exaggeration. I was in the hospital bed, and my um body was unresponsive. And oh wow. I seen nothing but blue, pink and white lights, and I thought I saw God for the first time, and um, I snapped back. I snapped back out of it and I woke up to a raw shot to the neck. It was gonna uh, drill a, a hole in my neck for ventilation. And, oh, um, yeah, yeah. So it's wild, man. COVID's COVID's no fun. <laughs> COVID's not fun. Don't play with it. Don't, don't don't play with that COVID. <laughs> don't 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 play with that shit. <laughs> All right, man. It's time to get to a segment that we run on every installment of the first and the fifteenth. I'm talking about shitheads and do gooders. What we do is we take one person from the news, media, or your personal life that has committed some evil, and we shine a light on them. Uh-huh. Then, to lighten the mood, we highlight the good that someone else has done. Hi, Mo. Would you like to go first? Yeah. Um. You know, every week we do this segment, but I don't know, like, especially t- this today or this week. I don't know, man. I'm just like, oh, man. I, I, there's just so much terrible news out right now. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know if you're listening to this. I know you guys know. Um, And I hate, like, the fact that I have options to pick out from. You know what I'm saying? I hate that there's, like, mm-hmm. two or three things I can be like, okay, this is my shithead. This is, like, the bad thing that's happened. Well, I'm going to go with, you know, we, we've probably seen in the news um, my shithead or shitheads are the those two Virginia police officers that pepper sprayed the soldier in his car. Mm, I'm sure fuck. you saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw the video. But more specifically, I actually looked up their names. One officer is Joe Gutierrez. The other one is Daniel Crocker. Um, if you don't know, I'll give you a little bit of context. Um, I mean, I only know, I'll give you the details I know. Uh, a soldier, I can't remember the gentleman's name, unfortunately, but he was pulled over. He pulled into a gas station well area, and the police officers came up to his car. This is from the video I've seen. They're pulling out their weapons. They're holding their weapons up to this guy. He has his hands up. He has his hands outside of the window. He's asking, what did I do? Like, what's wrong? What's going on here? And these officers are telling him, shouting at him, 
like get out of the car get out of the car he's saying he i'm you know i'm fearful for my life they're saying you should be get out of the car this and that you know like just but that's not how you it's, run it's, a traffic yeah stop. but you know just to like end that little piece of context is you know they eventually pepper sprayed this guy um i'm not, I, this is from what video i saw i, I don't know what transpired from that I, you know, nothing serious. They didn't kill him or anything. I don't think they... No, I don't think they did, did they? I mean, pff, shit. Who knows anymore? But um, I saw a post later on that day that I saw this. And it was someone holding a sign saying... Uh, you know, these trained officers are, you know scared they act on impulse and somehow us citizens who are not trained are supposed to keep calm in a situation like this like how how, how does I mean, that happen how, how, like what's the logic in that I you mean know, like Fuck the police now, then now forever. I'm yeah, sorry. dude. Like, I, they've, I, yeah, the police I, have... I mean, after the George Floyd thing happened, I thought we were going to start doing something about all this stuff. And then it just happened again and again and again. Someone either being killed or tasered or pulled over for the wrong reasons, having weapons drawn on them. It's It's ridiculous. I mean, this is all systematic. You can't yeah, kill no, something that's not from. You, you got to kill it at it's the a root. symbol. You know. Yeah. It's hard to bring down and something that's been built up for years. Yeah, and you know, like, and I'm gonna be real with you. When the uprising like popped off in June last year, I was bloodthirsty, and I'm not gonna say. Too much, mm-hmm. cause, <laughs> but yeah, but like just knowing the fam, like my family's history with LAPD and another particular police department, another specific police department, mm-hmm. um, where they've been beaten, harassed, and all that. Like I was hot. I was like, man, I know if I walk out this door. And it, 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 it's it's gonna be some shit. So <laughs> another reason why I stayed my ass inside <laughs> last <Yeah>. year. <laughs> um, but like, police, there's there's not one cop I ever been comfortable around. I even remember like there would been to- there was times like I'll be out with friends and like there will be a cop in there. And my friends would like watch from a distance, like yo, I could tell, like you, like you little shook, like you, you got anxiety, cause like you looking around, you looking at him, and you don't know what may happen, and that that's that's a real anxiety, black men, black women, black mm-hmm. trans women, and folks of, of of the LGBT community face every day. You know, it's crazy. It's wild, man. I've even had like positive cop experiences where even afterwards I was like 
mad anxiety and panic attack and like holy shit dodged a bullet even though you know it was just that that fear and that distrust and that like suspicion is just ingrained in like the american public at this point and there needs to be something done this is ridiculous yeah. like yeah i i even remember like uh yeah the year before i graduated college i was in inglewood and Inglewood PD pulled me and my brother over and uh, we just got Jack in the box and they're like, hey, what you got in the bag? And like, oh, it's Jack in the box and like showed him like there's actually food in it. And he was like, is there crack in it? Tough. And then we was like, no, we don't have no crack. Yeah. Like, and then they was like, what you doing in this neighborhood? We're like, we're going home. And they was trying to pin us up for crack. And like trying to get us arrested, like, are you sure you don't got crack in the bag? We're like, we don't have fucking crack. Like, yeah, what the fuck? What kind of question is yeah. that? <laughs> like, what do you want me? To, what do you expect me to say? You know, like, yes, I do. Come get it. Like, I don't get it. Like, yeah, they're just trying. I don't know, man. Um, I mean, they're fishing, bro. No, but I was gonna say about um police officers okay so there's like this argument this is what i hate about all this stuff that's happening too is that there's always two sides and there's always going to be people who are going to say like defund the police or you know some action needs to be done this and that Mm -hmm. but then there's this other side where these people are like well, you know, if you defund the police, then who are you going to call when you're going to need them? And, you know, and this and that and all this, whatever. And it's like, dude, shut up. You Those don't are know honestly what people who, like, haven't taken the time to actually read the proposal of what defunding the police actually means. And they're taking it at face value, which yeah. is something that they always do, which is why they're so incredibly yeah. fucking gullible. And, and it's also the same people who are probably have had very little run-ins with the police who are saying, like... Oh, you can't defund them and this and that, you know, and who are you going to call when it's those, you know, those people who have little run-ins, you know, they have like a certain idea. See, look, Los Angeles is a, I mean, Los Angeles PD, LAPD Mm -hmm. is a billion dollar gang. It's a billion dollar gang. And the school that I went to, View Park High School. Here's another story. My high school was created, well, was co-founded by a white man named Michael Piskel. Michael Piskel was talking all this shit about, oh, uh, black empowerment this, black empowerment that. We need to raise up black youth and da 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 da. And my senior year of high school, he took the school's funding. Dipped to Las Vegas, gambled that shit away, uh, and let uh, this basically to to die like dry like and crazy shit about that is before he even left the school cut funding for the arts, music and like and all types of art. So Jesus. And like, and see, and this is why I'm like the fund the police. Like, there, there's no fucking way y'all have a billion dollar budget, and schools like my fucking school can't help kids thrive in the field that they wish to thrive in. 
See, right. during that time, we the students we we created rap ciphers on the yard like before after and yeah before after and during school we created our own poetry lounge we created different spaces for Damn. students to actually like you know yeah like make something happen and on their own basically all on our because own government want help mm. and the fucked up thing about that too our administration didn't even give a shit about us our administration didn't even let us listen to music in school. As soon as you got on school grounds, you can't listen to music. So, like, we had to, like, th- we had to find a way ourselves. Yeah. That shit's crazy. Well, uh, just to wrap that up, Dying Shithead is, are those police officers, whatever, you know, those Virginia police officers. I mean, yeah. So, I really hope that we honestly get better at this. People, I hope people are held more accountable that they're punished that they're suspended you know that something changes hopefully pretty soon because if it doesn't i think you know what i won't say it here because i don't want anything bad to happen <laughs> but that's my shit head um i'll go ahead and say my shit and we'll keep i'll keep this one short because mm-hmm. i don't want to yeah. get this guy too much Numbers. anything Numbers. there is a tiktoker named noon noon or something like that mm-hmm. uh white dude mm-hmm. Um, he is openly is. admitted to stealing content uh-huh. from other creators and repurposing it. Uh-huh. Um, mostly black creators on TikTok, um, and literally Bro. just like frame by frame recreating their videos and cl- you know putting Making it on his, his own. own. Um, so yeah, he op- he admitted to this on stream, and TikTok is now in the process of both canceling him taking all of his original videos and then repurposing them wow um to teach homeboy a lesson but yeah real shithead you know um i actually did see a video on tiktok where someone was making fun of this guy and it was one of his videos and someone on they put like a caption at the top and it says original uh tiktok content content and then it has this random other person jumping in front of this guy you mentioned and like making his own video but like you know covering up the other guy and saying oh this is my original content but making fun of the situation basically I heard about this Mm. I haven't really seen or looked into it but I know what you're talking about I honestly think that's some serious bullshit to go ahead and yeah i see this a lot on tiktok not just like original content being you know reused as or someone who made like funny videos before the pandemic started i know how fucking hard and i mm-hmm. could agree with it he knows how fucking hard it is to come up with an original funny video to put online yeah. and for someone to just come along and fucking take it and make it their own and like just put their name give, on not it. even give proper credit yeah like what the fuck Damn, I didn't even know about all this. And, you know, once again, this is all a deep-rooted issue. Like, you know, back in, like, the 1920s or the, yeah, the like, yeah, 1920s, right. mm-hmm. um, black artists would record music. And then what you see on the front cover is usually white people. Yeah. As if oh, those have you white seen, uh, people. Have you... Yeah. Super sidebar right now. Have you seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? 
Damn, I, I always wanted to see it, and I, I haven't. I haven't Dude, it's on Netflix. It. You should definitely check it out because it hit exactly what you just said. Yeah, yeah, that that's some real shit. But I, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, and I know that was Chadwick's uh, last performance too. Yeah, R. P. To yeah. the goat. Facts. Big yeah, facts. but you're you're totally right. Uh, there are actually like you know I don't I can't name any right now, but there are like songs that we know today that we know them only because a certain artist recorded them, but they were written or created by a totally different artist, whether they be black, Mexican, white, you know, whatever. But that's happened quite a few times with music. And then I, I mean, the fact that it's still happening today with TikTok videos, you know, minute long, if not even if less videos, like just funny little clips some dude is just going around making them his own. That's bullshit. Anyway, mm, for I don't want to get too mad. All right, man. Who do you, uh, Siders, who do you got for a shithead? For a shithead, that fucking officer that killed uh, Dante, uh, Deontay White. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like, seriously, I thought it was a take. Fuck. Fuck you. How the fuck do you not know? Like, yeah. Trained officers for 20 plus years couldn't tell the difference between a black Glock and a yellow taser. Like, there's there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. And then, and then there's like, no and then the crazy thing, too, like, wasn't well from what I heard because there was a lot of talk going on um, mm-hmm. last summer about uh, abolishing the, the the police department mm-hmm. right yeah and those killings happened 10 miles between each within other within each other Castile, 10, 10 miles yeah how the fuck does that I happen? seen a map I seen a little map where they pinpoint the, the three areas where each person's been killed and <laughs> literally they're like I mean, in the same jurisdiction, basically. Yeah, and it's just. <sighs> yeah. yeah, it's just like it's getting it's getting. I don't want to say boring, but it's getting tired. Like we're just seeing it again and again and again, and it's just like I said, these people who are trained to handle these weapons, to go out there to read certain situations. They're the ones who are supposed to be calm and collected in these situations, but they're the least calm and collected in these situations, the police officers. And the fact that... Hey, here, here's a bright idea for all police departments across the nation. Stop fucking killing people. How about yeah. that? Just stop. Just stop. Uh, and, and then, like, those motherfuckers that... And see, like... Uh, I, had a, I was talking to a friend, and... He was suggesting, like, maybe, like, kind of switching, like, I guess the language being used when it comes to, like, like, I guess trying to, quote, unquote, reform or change the organization. My thing is, like, we're fucking tired. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like it, it, it's like what Tupac said in this 1994 interview, like, after one week we're gonna stop singing the songs after a month like we're gonna start getting a, we're gonna start getting rowdy after a year it's gonna be like i'm picking the door and i'm kicking down the door and 
everybody's going to get on the floor and I'm taking everything. Like, we're getting frustrated. We're yeah. tired. We ask, like like he said, we ask with the Panthers. We act like we ask with, you know, the Rodney King case. What are we going to do now? We ain't going to ask no more. We're tired of this shit. Yeah, for real. You know, I, I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm Anthony and I, we're Mexican. Or I'm, I'm sorry, he's not Mexican. He's something, he's Guatemalan or whatever the hell. But anyway, you know, like, even me, myself, not not being a black person, I am tired too. Just seeing it, you know, like hearing about it, seeing videos, hearing clips. Yeah, it's just too much. Every day, basically. Every Anyways, week, there's something. Let's lighten the mood. You know, let's lighten the vibe. Oh, yeah, I know this is like... I um, know, but it's just bullshit. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep it in the same vein, but just to inject some like positivity mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Um, the Derek Chauvin case is uh, taking place right now. This is my do-gooder. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of the shit that has occurred in that situation, and all of the, the horrible negativity, um, the case is going on right now. The coroner, who is in charge of the autopsy has held firm in his conclusion that uh, George Floyd was killed due to the asphyxiation caused by homeboy putting his knee on his neck. Mm. Yeah. Um, the defense is trying to paint it um, a different light because mm-hmm. George Floyd had trace amounts of amphetamine or uh, methamphetamine mm-hmm. in, or fentanyl in his, uh, his blood. Mm-hmm. They're trying to say that it was an overdose, but the coroner is facing, like, uh, I'm sure, a lot of pressure from his own department. He said, no, fuck that. He was killed by this police officer, and that that's that's just what the autopsy says. And, you know, that's, like, he was a very critical part of that case, mm-hmm. and it's good to see that he did the right thing. Yeah, and I'm glad yeah. that someone didn't, um, you know, with that kind of stuff, you know, you have people who are going to motivate you to not say something, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm glad, like, that guy stuck to his guns. Good for him. For you know, speaking the truth. Mm. For real, who you got, Jaime? Um, well, you know, because of all this stuff that we've been talking about, the stuff in Minnesota, the stuff in Virginia, uh, my do-gooders are actually you know sports, you know NBA, MLB, and not so much NFL because they're not doing anything. But um, I know that I think a few days ago, you know. NBA and MLB they had a couple games scheduled and they canceled them they postponed them because of what was going on in Minnesota a few players I don't know how many players but a few players I know from the Yankees for example they had like stepped down they had like you know chosen chosen not to play that day to go support you know people in Minnesota and so um I'm just glad that these big organizations and, you know, they're recognizing what's happening and the fact that they're going out and supporting whomever needs it. So I'm glad that, you know, that they're like on the front lines, I suppose. These players, these organizations, whoever they are. It's good to see them take uh, uh, pick something else over money because I'm sure that's a good amount of revenue lost for that game not played. Yeah. Mm. Um, now, if they would put some of that towards the actual causes themselves, you know, then we got some real progress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm just glad that some, you know, that they're that these players. I'm not like accusing all of them, but at least some of them, they're going like, okay, you know what, this is serious enough that I'm not gonna play today. 
it's affected me. I'm going to go support whoever I need to. Um, so I'm glad that's happening. So that those that, that that's my do-gooder, I suppose. Or, you know, whoever they are, players, organizations. All right. Uh, Siders, you got, man? Uh, my do-gooder is... Is my mama, my mama. There we go. Uh, uh, like like I told y'all earlier. Um, the yeah, was it April eighth? Yeah, I think it's April eighth. Well, April eighth, last Thursday. Uh, I was going. I was on my way to get my second vaccine shot. Uh, I got Moderna. And shout out Moderna. You said what? I said, shout out Moderna. He said, shout out Moderna. Shout out Moderna. Get your vaccine. Get your vax. Um, <laughs> and um, we was uh, headed to the freeway, and there was an accident, and there was two uh, young women in the car. It looked like they was um, lost control of the car, and they hit the wall. And we saw what happened, and actually, the car was looked like it was about to be on fire too, like the engine. Like combust on fire, yeah. And um, I was like, "Hey, yo, mom, like, look, look, there's a there's people in the car." And she was like, "Oh no!" And he pulled over. She got out the car, and she was there, like checking their pulse. Uh, she's a public health nurse, and um, she was yelling for folks to like call, call the fire department, call the ambulance, and whatnot. And uh, we stayed until they got there, and that's fucking awesome. And I just saw, I just witnessed my mom being a hero. And and one thing I told her, I was like, yeah, like I know where my activism chops come from. It came from you, mama. And there you was, go, dude. And she was like, yeah, it's just all about being a decent person. And like, and she said, like, she has a lot of experience doing that around Los Angeles, where she's just driving somewhere and. There would there's some shit going on and she would jump in and so it shines a good deed in a weary world, mm-hmm. man. Not a lot of people would do that. And I'm being honest, that is that is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to moms. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. <laughs> well, listen, man. We've had a great time talking to you here today. Um, it was an absolutely stimulating conversation, man. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation too, man. Thank you, thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Uh, go follow Ciders. You want to plug your stuff, man? Uh, yeah, let them know where they can reach you. Yeah, yeah. So check out shadowsofsociety.com. Like, you could, you know, listen to all the music. Uh, we actually just dropped some merch. And actually, I got a special gift for the folks in Monterey County. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, right now. <laughs> Since we just dropped merch, I will give y'all a discount code. Ciders twenty one get twenty percent off of everything in the store. You heard it here first, folks. Ciders twenty one at shadowsofsociety dot com. Get you a discount. Get you some merch. Yeah, yeah. Cop, cop you some merch. Uh, listen to the music. Watch the music videos. Um. Also, if you want want to book me for like your event, spoken word uh, event and whatnot, um, my email is Chris J Siders S I D E R S at gmail dot com or shit, just hit me up on Instagram Siders of S O S. Um, 
and and yeah, we you know we could work that out. Absolutely, man. Loved having you on, bro. Big reciters on the show. Love the energy. Love the activism. Let's get it, man. Absolutely thrilled to have you on. Uh, I want to thank my co-host, Mr. Jaime Vidhan, for being the co-host that he has always been. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, thank you, Ciders, for coming on, man, talking about some stuff. Uh, I guess for us, you know, for the 1st and the 15th, we've been running 48 episodes now. We're coming up on 50. That's our goal. And then we'll see about season three but um if you haven't checked out our previous episodes please go please please go do that um follow us on instagram at the first and the 15th underscore you'll see all our episodes there we talk to technicians musicians filmmakers actors writers and uh, a lot of interesting stuff you can learn from there i have learned a lot especially talking to all these different people as always, Anthony, you do a great job organizing everything, editing, posting, uh, finding some interesting guests for sure. I like the variety of artists, especially when they come from all kinds of different places, when they're not from Salinas, when they're not from Monterey. But the fact that they're coming to Monterey and to Salinas and shouting it out a bit, that's awesome. Um, I don't believe I have anything else to say. Do I? No. I don't think so. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I love the the takeaways as always. Well, this, my name is Anthony Barrera. This has been the first and the fifteenth. I want to thank you all for listening. Have a great day. Bye. You.